Lasso. This morning we, we return to the meditative cultivation of loving-kindness. And as you know, it's included among what are called the four immeasurables, immeasurable loving-kindness. And what this means is that the barriers are broken down. That is, one's loving-kindness, one's sense of loving-concern for the welfare of others doesn't go in some areas and then block, in other areas and block and so forth, but flows unimpededly without barrier. So that's one meaning of it. But also the cultivation of loving kindness entails breaking down the barriers within our own hearts and minds that prevent or obstruct the arising of loving kindness. So in the classic teachings, uh, going back 1,500 years to Buddha Gosa, a great commentator in the Theravada tradition, he suggests some, I, I, they use the word slogans, I don't like that translation, phrases. Phrases that may be used in meditation, in the, in the metta bhavana, or the cultivation of loving kindness, that can help to break down the barriers. And this is how they go. There's various translations, here's mine. And that is, first of all, one brings forth the yearning, may, may each of us, you may focus on yourself, other people, and so forth, but may, may we be free of ill will, ill will, malevolence, it can be resentment. One could speak more generally in the 21st century, just negativity. But ill will more specifically, more specifically, uh, may we be free of this. And the reason he highlights that is that Ill, Ill will is that which most diametrically opposes the experience of loving kindness. So any, any mind that is experiencing loving kindness, excuse me, ill will, will not in the same moment experience loving kindness. It can happen. One has to go. One has to go. So there's a lot of teaching about that. Because as we're meditating, here we are in, in a retreat at primarily shamatha. It's bound to happen. As we're dredging our psyches, all kinds of stuff is bound to come up all kinds of emotions and memories and so forth and so on. And among them, unless you're a very unusual person, resentment, anger, ill will, just, what? That whole range is bound to come up. And so then what do we do? Well, there are a number of responses to that, and that's what we're here for, to deal with what does come up and not simply follow some idealistic notion of how shamatha should, should turn out. Yeah? And so this is what our afternoon sessions are for. Um, but there's a, Buddha Gosa gives, I think, quite a lengthy and I think very insightful array of practices that we can draw from to overcome resentment, anger, ill will, and so forth. That has to be dealt with first so that we can establish some peace of mind, some peace of mind, some inner calm. And then we move into the more explicit cultivation of loving kindness. But interestingly, in this classic presentation, he starts really more in the mode of compassion. So what is loving kindness? The aspiration, a caring concern. There's a nice, ordinary English term. A caring, a loving, caring concern for the welfare of oneself, loving kindness directed to self and to others. But first of all, m- more in the compassion mode of may we, the compassionate mode being the aspiration, may we be free of that which troubles us, that brings us suffering. And so he says, may we be free of, of affliction, and I think he's referring here especially to physical pain. It's hard to be happy. It's hard to have a sense of really flourishing. If you're in a lot of pain, if you're injured, if you're seriously ill, not impossible, but it's not easy. So we wish, first of all, for ourselves and others, may we be free of pain, of physical pain. Yeah? And then, beyond that, of course, there is, he says, may we be free of anxiety. And here he's referring to mental distress and the underlying causes of mental distress. May we be free of those and then only after kind of wishing that those obstacles may be out of the way, that we, they may be calmed, then he says, and may we, may we be well and happy. Well and happy. Now, obviously, this is wide open to interpretation. But well and happy, one way I like to think of it, that I find very meaningful, 
is well and happy. Well, hedonically well. Hedonically well. It is so important that we're not here just to cultivate you know, a spiritual type of well-being, a genuine happiness, but for us to have, for us and other people to have enough food, clothing, shelter, medical care, the basic necessities of life. Many people, of course, do not. And so may each person, each sentient being, be hedonically well. It's very important. When we're not, it's hard to think about anything else, right? And then happy, well then, may each one, ourselves and others, be genuinely happy, tap into the inner wellsprings of well-being. So there's that sequence. May we be free of ill will, free of affliction, free of anxiety as a kind of a cipher for all manner of mental afflictions. And then finally, may we be well and happy. So to conclude, as a a preface to the meditation itself, there are different approaches to this classic practice. The one that the Buddha himself taught was just more, how do you say, spatially oriented. And that is just directing one's loving thoughts, one's loving concern, out to the front, to the north, south, east, and west, to all the intermediate directions, but just as if you've dropped a pebble into a pond, let the ripples of loving kindness flow out in all directions. And so the way I like to practice it, that, bring, that brings it a bit out of the abstract, as if you're loving kindness for space. But here we are, a group of people in this room, each one the center of our mandala, each one the center of our own universe. Right? From our perspective, look who's in the center. Look around. There you are, right in the middle. That we focus on the people right here. So the person to the front of you, to your back, to behind you, to your left and right, and just quietly engage in the practice for the people here, people in this room, and then extending outwards beyond. Okay? It's one method. There are many methods. This is a classic one taught by the Buddha, and I think it's very helpful. So let's find a comfortable position, and we'll begin. again invite you to let your entry into the practice itself be an expression of loving kindness for yourself. Let your awareness descend from the whole network of thoughts and rumination, memories and so forth, which can often be a quagmire of conceptualization. Sometimes just take a break and let your awareness descend into the non-conceptual space of your body. Take the ever so important step of setting your body at ease, relaxed, soft, loose.
your body in its natural state, relaxed, still, and vigilant, and suffer your respiration in its natural rhythm. Set your mind at ease. For the time being, whatever troubles may be lying in your past or concerns about the future, let them go for a little while as you let your awareness rest in stillness in the present moment. And for a short time, let's calm the discursive mind with mindfulness of breathing. Buddha declared that one who loves himself will never hate another. So in this classic fashion, let's begin the practice by focusing the spirit or this heart of loving kindness inwards upon ourselves, wishing ourselves well, that we may truly flourish. If you will, let's follow the guidance of Buddha Gosa, based upon centuries of experience prior to him, and arouse, first of all, this loving aspiration. May I be free of ill will. Arouse this yearning with every outbreath as if you were breathing out from your heart spirit of loving-kindness, soothing, healing, and calming.
And as you breathe out, let your imagination come into play. And imagine here and now being free of that mental affliction that so disturbs and disrupts the mind and blocks any true experience of loving kindness. Imagine being free. still focusing upon yourself, arouse the yearning. May I be free of affliction, free of anxiety, and may I be well and happy. As you breathe out, let it be as if you're breathing this, this breath of loving kindness into your whole being, filling your body and mind with a sense of kindliness, of loving concern for yourself. Be your own best friend. we all share in common is so much more important than what divides us. What we share most fundamentally is our yearning to be happy and our wish to be free of suffering. And every individual is worthy of realizing this aspiration. Now direct your attention outwards, directing your attention to the person in front of you. Attending closely, letting this person become real as a subject, like yourself, with his or her own hopes and fears, joys and sorrows.
every out-breath arouse this yearning. May you, like myself, be free of ill will. May you be free of affliction. of anxiety. And may you be well and happy. Imagine it be so, here and now. Direct your attention to the person to your right and practice in the same way. May you be free of ill will or enmity. affliction of all kinds. Free of anxiety. And may you be well and happy.
you breathe out, imagine it to be so, here and now. same fashion, direct your awareness to the person to your left. If there is no one to your left, simply choose another person in the room. Focus clearly. Attend closely. May you, like myself, be free of ill will. free of pain and affliction of body and mind. Free of anxiety and all other underlying causes of distress. Imagine it to be so. As you arouse this yearning, may you, like myself, be well and happy. then on the person behind you if there is one or on another person in the room if there's not. Practice in the same way.
simplify the practice. To arousing with each outbreath the simple yearning. As you attend to every person in this room, may you find happiness and the causes of happiness. Let the space of your awareness expand out beyond the artificial barriers of this room. Embracing the field of your awareness, all those in the surrounding community, human and non-human alike. May each one be well and happy. breath continue expanding this field of awareness of loving kindness in all directions without boundary without barriers Release all aspirations, all images, appearances, and objects, and let your awareness simply come to rest. With no object, resting in its own stillness and clarity.
possible. So our time in the morning is quite intentionally short. We're finished. But when it, when it comes to our discussion time in the afternoon, by all means, anything that's coming up in this practice is points of clarity, experiences you'd like to share, obstacles you've experienced pertaining to four measurables. You're welcome at any time to raise those as well as shamatha. So even though this is largely kind of presented as a shamatha retreat, I take the four measurables equally importantly. I mean, it's heart and mind, heart and mind. One cannot say one is more important. And in fact, each of the four measurables can itself be an avenue or a method for developing shamatha. So these are not at all you know, sharply divided. So the afternoon is really primarily to focus on practice. If a theoretical issue comes up, it's not like we have a ban on them, but that's clearly secondary. And just enough to provide clarity for the practice. Our time here in this, to my mind, pretty ideal circumstance is so conducive for meditation, and so many places are not very conducive, at least for shamatha. They may be conducive for the four measurables, for sure. But shamatha, that takes a lot of work, right? And a lot of work has gone into this place to create such a conducive environment. So let's take full advantage of it. Let the discussions be primarily on the practice. Again, theory and so far as it's helpful. Illuminates, clarifies, provides context for the practice. But theory, you can do that in a university. You can do that online. Theory is easy. Theory you can do anywhere on the subway, right? But here we're at a practice, getting clarity in the practice. And if you share my aspiration, uh, that we are moving towards really the yearning to find greater confidence. Of course, benefit. Confidence based on deriving benefit for ourselves, not just believe in somebody else's experience. And so for that, with that, with that in mind, to be able to live here feeling you've got it. You're content, you're confident, you know how to continue practicing, whether in a fully active way of life or in solitude. Either way, that's my aspiration. So if that's yours as well, let's join on that one and let the discussions be oriented around that so issues can be resolved, clarity can be gained, and we're not leaving any unpacked baggage when we leave. Okay? Good. See you tomorrow. See you this afternoon then.